have your Bibles or mobile devices. Let's go to Psalm 18. We'll start there. If I was to title the message I have tonight, I would, I would title it The War on Transformation. The War on Transformation. Why am I talking about a war on transformation? I feel like if, if there's anything that's going to move the church forward in greater sense of power and urgency, it's a transformed person, right? Jesus came to save us, right? He came to bring us salvation. He came to do some things for us, right? And there's a whole bunch of free things we get, right? I, always, I love it because he gives us, you know, salvation's free. There's so many things that are free, but transformation it, there's a process, right? Usually there's a process in our lives. So I just want to talk about the things that are going to keep us back from stepping into transformation. Now, transformation, right, is only going to work, right? Understanding our identity, right? Got to know who you are. Got to know who God created you to be. And that's what the Lord is, is about. He's about helping us to know who he created us to be, right? And so I just want to look at some things because I feel like what keeps us back from, from stepping into Everything God's called every person in this room, it's usually the fact that we can't get past ourselves. Can't get past a sickness, can't get past the stuff that goes on in our minds, can't get past, you know, things that, that hold us back, old, you know, thought patterns or whether they could be patterns in our lives that are unhealthy, that, that, that doesn't have to be even chemically related. It can be just patterns in our lives that are unhealthy, Right? That, that aren't good for, for us growing and moving in the kingdom. And so I just want to, I'm going to pray because I know, right, I'm going to talk about warfare. How many think there'll be a little bit of warfare in the room? I think so, you know. So I'm just going to pray for our minds right now and our hearts that would just be wide open, right? So Father, I just thank you for every, every person in this room. I thank you that we're, we're ready and we're ready to receive. I just speak uh, that the word of God would go into our hearts deep, that it would land on really, really, really rich, good soil tonight. And Lord, we just wipe away every distraction. We just command every distraction to go. Lord, any thinking that's not legal in this place, we just bind it right now. And we just declare the glory of the Lord and your presence, Father, to just cover us in our minds and our hearts. Lord, let truth run deep into our minds, our hearts, our spirit, whatever it looks like, Father. But we're asking, Father, for truth to come in our innermost being. And so I ask, Lord, that you just release living waters right now in these moments. Lord, let my words be your words, Lord. And Lord, filter out the things that people don't need to hear tonight so that we only hear you. And I love you and I thank you in Jesus' name. So yeah, there is, there is definitely a war, right? And I just want to talk about these things and, and we'll look at transformation and some, just some things that, that I feel like the Lord's saying in regards to transformation and what that looks like. So that's going to be peppered into some of this because I just feel like we need that to give us a focus on what transformation looks like. Come on, look at your neighbor say, you'll never be the same. Come on, you're never going to be the same if you just continue to focus on Jesus, right? If your eyes continue to just focus on the, on the glory of his presence, on who he is, on what he's done, You'll never be the same. The problem is, this is the central thing I'm going to talk about tonight, is our, our eyes get shifted and focused on different things. And when we lose our gaze, that's when we lose, we lose the process. That's when we lose our line towards a transformed life, okay? So I want to just, I want to just run into this. So Psalm 18, verse 37 says this. This is David. And I don't have to... I don't have to uh, I don't have to pre-course my statements, right? When I read scripture out of the Old Testament, it applies to the New Testament and as New, Te New Testament believers, right? So it says this. This is David. He says, I pursued my enemies and have overtaken them. Neither did I turn back again until they were destroyed. It's pretty harsh. <laughs> but you know, David was pretty tough. But here, let me just say, it's, let's not take it out of context, right? Back up. 
how do we find out what the context is? You read the whole portion of scripture because anything we take out of context, right, is a pretext. It's not, we can pull, pull truths out of scripture and we put them in places where they don't belong. But I just want you to see where this belongs in scripture. So Psalms 18 verse 17 says this, he rescued me from my strong enemy and from those who hated me and for those who were too strong for me. And they, com they confronted me in the day of my disaster. Ouch. But the Lord was my support. And he brought me out into a broad place. And he rescued me because he was pleased with me and delighted in me. Now I want to just look at these. He rescued me from my strong enemy. Really, we have to understand this thing, right? Because you have to admit. <laughs> we, can't, we have to go low to go high. You have to really humble yourself because there's nothing in you. I know, Christ in you, the hope of glory. We have it all together. It's good. But we have to acknowledge something, that when the enemy's coming against you, God's going to raise the standard, right? When the, when the enemy comes and he brings things against your mind, your heart, your will, your emotion, all these things, right? It can go across the board. It can go against your health, right? Whatever it might be, we have to understand and we have to admit Ready? Admittance that there's an enemy. Why? Because Peter said it like this. He said, I want you to not be ignorant. I don't want you to be ignorant of the enemy's devices. Because he goes, goes around roaring like a lion. Seeking whom he may devour. That would mean that he doesn't, I've heard some preachers say, he doesn't have any teeth. Jesus took the teeth out of him. I don't believe that for a minute. Because it says he's going to devour you. I just read a scripture out of Malachi that talked about the devourer coming and eat our finances. Right? He is a devourer, and he's looking for every place and every opportunity to get in and to get in your mind, to get in the place, and to switch places with Jesus so that you begin to focus on the problems and not the power and the person of Jesus. Right? So I'm, I'm, there's so much importance in what I have to say tonight, really. Our lives depend on it. It's the truth. So here's what he wants. He brought me out into a broad place. Listen, if we acknowledge that he's going to do it and I'm not going to do it, then we have to not acknowledge that because it's by grace and grace alone that I can be right. What? In his presence. I just said tonight, right? He put it, the presence, the bread of his presence right in the midst of us right now, right? Who he is. The person of Jesus is right here moving around in our midst. And do we acknowledge that? Even in the midst, right? You come in, sometimes we'll come into worship and, and we've just got all this clutter, right? We've just got stuff hanging around. And God wants you to be free from the stuff that keeps you from your healing, that keeps you from your sound mind, that keeps you from all these things that try to control you. Hello? Because he's trying to control. The issue is an issue of control. And who wants control? I want Jesus to have control of my life. You want Jesus to have control over everything in your life. Everything. I'm saying everything. Amen. Your finances, your jobs, the places you live. You want places that you dwell and you're in to be a sanctuary where God lives. And it was weird. I came up, I came up, you know, I'm, I'm talking, I'm looking into all this stuff about, you know, warfare and war. And this, this comes up, Numbers 21, 14. It talks about the book of the wars of the Lord. And there's one reference to it. And I'm like, what is that? And what I found out was it was where Moses was keeping, you know, having someone, who well, probably wasn't Moses, but some scribe that was keeping tabs on what was happening in the midst of warfare. And I thought about that. And you can't find it. It's not in Scripture. You know, there's other books, Book of Enoch. There's other things in Scripture. Book of Remembrance. Think about that. In Malachi, where's the Book of Remembrance? I'm going to have to go look for that. But there is no, there is no physical. They, it says that throughout history, they lost the book, whatever the log was, where he, it talked about the battles against the Amalekites. How many know ites are not good for your life? 
Anyites. So here's what I'm talking, I'm going to talk to you really, really, really. It's going to be simple. There's no confusion. There won't be any blurry lines tonight because I really feel like the Lord is wanting us to grab hold of this so that we can walk in complete victory because really that's ultimately what it is. You already have complete victory. You just get, your focuses get messed up, right? Keep your eye on the prize. So it talks about the book, The Wars of the Lord. I thought about that. Maybe the book's not finished yet, yet to be published. Because the last day church has a great war, right? To overcome and to pull through. And I, listen, I'm not, a big, I'm not a big warfare guy. I don't really love it. I don't want to study it. But I know this, that the Lord said, I don't want you to be ignorant of anything. If you want breakthrough, you need to learn how to break through. And then when there's war, you need to know how to overcome, right? And so this is the whole, the whole book is about overcoming, is it not? The whole book is about when we get to Revelation, man, you know who won the war. It's over, right? Jesus finished it on the cross, didn't he? Right. But there is battles that's going to happen to the end time church, right? The last day's church. And God's looking for a people that will stand with strength, focused, not wavering, not moving aside to weird doctrines and different things that are, that'll just pull you off. So if we have a mindset that there's no war anymore, that's just foolishness. Because scripture does not even teach that in the New Testament. Hello. One amen, that was it. There is war throughout the whole Bible. Amen! Thank you. <laughs> Second Corinthians 10.4, right? It talks about the weapons of our what? Warfare. And Paul was real big on putting your armor on. You need to dress with the armor of God every day. Do I physically put it on every day? No, but I know I'm ready for battle every morning. Come on. Some people do. Some people go through it. I'm going to put it on and go through it. You know, do whatever works. But I'm telling you, I'm armed. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Come on, helmets on, salvation shoes. Come on, gospel of peace, all that stuff, right? Holy Spirit wants us to live in this place. 1 Timothy 6.12, right? Says what? Come on. Fight the good fight of faith. And then I love, one of my favorite scriptures is, is, first, is chapter 1, which talks about chapter 1 and verse 18. According to the prophecies, he says, Timothy, according to the prophecies that were spoken over your life, previously made, concerning you, that by them you may wage a good warfare. You may wage war against the things that were spoken over your life. And now whether you've had a prophecy over your life or you've got the word of God over your life that tells you that you live in, in victory over every enemy. I just read it in Psalms. Oh, it works in the Old Testament there. That in the presence of God, every problem will go. Everything that gets in the way of God's people will go if the presence of God is there. But the problem is this. Ready? Problems. The problem is this, is when we move ourselves outside of the presence of God. And God wants you to win the war of transformation. He wants you to win the war. He wants us to go for it and not shrink back from it, right? So we have to remember the Lord is victorious over every adversary. And say every adversary. Every single adversary. There's nothing that Satan or hell has in its handbasket that can beat you unless you let it. Hello. Unless you allow it. Unless you open a door, let it in, and make a couch for it. I'm serious, right? It's just totally true. 
And so I just want to talk about metamorphosis for a minute because this is what transformation is. It's in the Bible a couple times, right? Talking when Jesus was transfigured, the same word is the same word they would get metamorphosis from. Another word that is when we're transformed in our minds, right? Same word. But I'm just going to go through because when a, a caterpillar, and I know you may have heard this before, but when a caterpillar, there is some pretty amazing principles that I'm just going to bring to you as an illustration because what happens is it has a desire, right? It's crawling in the dirt. A caterpillar is in the dirt, crawling, and there is something happening inside of it because it expects something greater from itself. <laughs> I'm going to ask us where we want to stay. If we want to stay in the dirt, it's, so, it's not okay. It's not okay. But God wants to bring us to a higher place, and this is the first principle, that you are looking for a higher place. Because this is what the search is now, right? The caterpillar comes and is looking for a place to elevate, to go higher, so it can pull itself up, right? And it's higher, it's to emerge into a higher place, because DNA is about to shift and change inside of it. Really, I found out some weird things, man. They're going to help you. The second thing, it's desire to create a hiding place. The Bible tells us, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty, right? So here's the deal. It's looking for a place to spin, and there's this incredible thing that, that happens is it gets a hunger that's four times greater than it had before. I was like, whoa. A hunger that's four times greater. Where's your hunger level at right now? I know, I preach it all the time. But I'm asking, the, the Lord is looking for a body that's hungry for him. Not hungry for another meeting. Not hungry for the next thing that comes around the corner. Hungry for him. Amen. That you got, your eyes, are, your gaze is upon him. Your, 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 there's nothing that's deterring you from where God wants to bring you. But you are so hungry that you have to eat four times what you used to. And what happens when you eat the word? And what happens when you spend more time in the spirit? Something's about to happen. There's something about to change inside of you. And God, you, there'll be nothing else but transformation if you begin to devour the word of God. The problem is we begin to devour other things. What are you hungry for? What do you desire? Where's your hunger level at? So it, the hunger increases four times the normal capacity. So you need, Lord, give us an increased appetite for the things of heaven, for your spirit, for the word of God. Give us this day our daily bread and give me more bread than I can even eat. Come on. I'm so hungry. For the presence of God, I want to eat more, God. I want more because God's about to do something in that. So internal hunger is bigger than the old structure because you don't know what you're about to be. It's way bigger than you think. Amen. What God has for you is way greater than you even understand. And then we go into the next phase, which is liquefaction. Yeah, I was like, whoa, too. I was like, this is messed up. It's kind of weird. And it's called meltdown. How many in the room have ever melted down? No, I'm serious. Because I've been, when God, I was thinking about this. When I usually, when God comes and strikes me, in a good way, come on, not, that, not because I've been disobedient, but when I'm hungry and I'm thirsty and I can't get enough, then what happens? I go, I honestly, I go into meltdown. Ask my wife. I come down from upstairs, I'm in a meltdown. I'm laying on this rug carpet. I've made marks on this carpet probably, but because of meltdown. There's been times in my life, there's times in your life that when you are so hungry that you become melted down because you're so hungry and think you just can't even express how much you need the Lord. And this is where God begins to do something. He liquefies you. He turns you into a goo pool. 
It's the best place to be. It's the best place to be. <laughs> I want that. Do it now. I want to be a mess. I want to be liquefied. I want to be a puddle for Jesus. Because when you're in that state, not, I'm not talking about getting hit by the Spirit and you go down and you get up the same. I'm not talking about that. Because that happens all the time. I'm talking about when God hits your life and something happens in your DNA. Because God changes you. No one else can change you. I don't care. Read the Bible till you get purple. It won't change you unless the Spirit of God is on it. I'm not mad. I'm passionate, right? I'm telling you the Spirit of God wants to break us and melt us. I mean, just think about Jesus when he comes into a room. If he really shows up in church, what does it look like? I tell you, we'll all be hitting the deck. I know it. When he really shows up, you go low. When he really shows up, we melt like wax. Come on, just like the mountains. You melt into nothing. And the last part is transformation, right? We go through these phases, and then God begins to transform you into a new creation, right? You are a new creation. The truth is there, yes, right? But God's moving some things inside of you. He's changing you on the inside so that you can become that brand new man, right? right? I know all things are new. Once I've received him, I'm new. But there's things that God wants to do in you and through you to bring you to this place of complete transformation, not just positional transformation. Hello. Dead silence. Okay. Why? Because you'd suffocate. What happens? All of a sudden there's this crust, this, this thing forms. And the goo's inside. And something's happening on the inside. And God begins to form something in your spirit and in your heart, right? Listen, it's not Bible, I know. But this is what I'm telling you. There's something happening with God's process in your life that when he wants you to become and be revealed, some of you have yet to be revealed. <laughs> Come on. Some of us have yet to be revealed for who God called us to be in the fullness. I know God comes and he changes us. Come on, I'm not the same man 20 years ago, right? When I got saved, there was something that radically happened and changed me. But I'm telling you, I'm not the same person that I was 20 years ago when I accepted Jesus because a law has changed since then. Is it just a realization or was it a process? I have to say it's a process, right? So when God comes, he's looking to come inside you and then you need space to get out of there. Come on. And you got you to smash your way out of the constricted space because God wants you to move beyond the size you were before. You're going to look completely different. Come on, you're going to have different aspects. You're going to, all of a sudden, you have wings. You can fly. Think about it every night and day. <laughs> Spread my wings and fly away. I believe I can soar. <laughs> Come on, knocking on heaven's door. what the church needs to be changed. What does this have to do with warfare? I know. Now you got me singing. Not as bad as I thought it would be. Listen, you got to understand some things, right? Going back to the Psalms. Oh, no, it's Isaiah, sorry. Isaiah 43 and verse 2, you're going to write them down, take them for later, whatever, but I'm, or you can just, this will be up on Facebook too, so. 
when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, and they will not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. Can I say there's three words in there that you need to understand? When you pass forth, through. When you pass through the waters, it's not if, it's when. It's not, it might happen. No, fire is coming and waters are coming, so you better be ready for what's about to happen because he's going to be with you. And it's not going to depend on some magic trick that you pull out of your hat, out of your, out of your Bible. And I value the word a thousand percent. But until we get this inside of us that we, come on, that he is the source of everything. I love it what someone said. It's not Father, Son, and the Holy Bible. It's Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of God needs to be indwelling inside of us and so real, and he needs to be so real inside of our lives that when the word burns off the page, you're changed by it. I'm not going to debate it. I love the word. But the fire of God has to be on the word. Right? Here's another one. Psalm 138. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, I'm just being real tonight. Who's going to revive me? The Bible says you, God, will revive me. When I end up in a heap of trouble, when enemies and adversaries are against me, when heavenly beings are trying to influence the atmosphere around my life, because we don't think like that. If I go to Africa right now and I preach this, they'd be jumping out of their chairs. Oh, I promise you. Because they know something about the spirit realm that we have no clue about. And there's a real enemy and there's real devils and that's not to be afraid of them because you have all authority, ready? We'll get into that in a minute because there's all authority. Come on, bring in the heat and then I'll bring us into, you know, this is how we're going to take care of it. Because the reality is, guys, we don't look at it like this. Though I walk in the midst of the trouble, you will revive me. You'll stretch out your hand against the wrath, come on, with wrath against my enemies. We don't think of it like that. All we go is, no. Chicken little, sky is falling. Help me. Right? Come on, you're on the phone with, you know, Janice and Josie and trying to get, please, you got to pray for me. I don't know where I come up with those names. They're not here, right? Right? Look at this, look at this. So I walk in the midst of trouble, you'll revive me. You'll stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand will save me. The Lord will accomplish that which concerns me. That which concerns me. The Lord will accomplish that which concerns you. Oh man, someone should shout. Yeah. It's what concerns you. The things that you have in your heart and God has put inside of you to do, to be, He's for you, not against you. This is where it's messed up, right? Half the church thinks that God's against us. I think that's true. Yeah. We think that we're undeserving. Can I tell you, I'll get into this in a minute, but you bring him pleasure. We bring God pleasure as we follow in obedience and, and love him and honor him and honor those around us. That brings God pleasure yelling a lot tonight that which concerns me your unwavering loving kindness endures forever do not abandon the works of your hands he's not going to so ready what's all this got to do with rest <laughs> I totally believe in rest 
I totally think the church needs to learn to rest. But here's the rest. It's knowing. All right, I'll say it again. Rest is knowing that he has everything under control. Rest is knowing that in the midst of trouble, he's going to revive me. Rest is knowing that he's concerned about the things that concern me, that concern CJ, that concern Brian. He's concerned about these things. And we think sometimes we don't think he's even interested. We think we're outside of who he is because we're not focused. We're not looking. Our gaze isn't locked on his because when we are, we know that he's looking right at us. <laughs> he's looking right at you. Rest is knowing. Ultimately, you know the truth of your victory. I want to talk about some key truths for victory, right? I got lists, lots of lists tonight. Number one, you were born for battle. And you were born in battle. It started when you showed up, man. I'm telling you, I know this. It started when you showed up. Whether you grew up in a preacher's home or you grew up in the ghetto, it started when you were born. And you were born for it. I'm telling you, you were born for it. So I'm saying all this tonight, why? To encourage us to stand up. Don't sit down. Do not sit down. I don't care. You can rest and stand. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Don't sit down. Don't stop. You know, I mentor uh, Dr. Crandall in, in, when we were at Zion. It was just, I feel like it was every Friday. He'd just preach a message that would say, you cannot give up. Don't you ever give up. Never, ever give up. I can hear his voice in my spirit when I want to give up because it did something to me. As a young, come on, I was young and she knows I had the car packed. That was before we were married. I'm leaving. No, you're not. Come on. Okay, so number one, you were born in a battle and you were born for battle. You got that? Number two, the battle is against spiritual wicked in high places. It's not against your wife in the car on the way to church. It's not against things going on in your family and people around you. It's not against people. Yeah? Hello. It's not against people. It's against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. It's influences of spiritual stuff or people's brokenness or stuff that's going on. It's not people. Hello? Okay. You good? And this should be number one. I don't know why I have it in the middle. It's okay, it's in the middle. But you will battle the centrality of Jesus in your life. Why? Because the enemy wants to bring delay. He wants, to, he wants you to turn back. Come on, turning back is not an option. It's not an option. There's no more delay. You walk forward, you run forward, right? So the battle, right, is you got to acknowledge that everything's trying to get you away from Jesus being the center. Everything is trying to get you away from Jesus being your healer, Jesus being your deliverer. You got to. Oh, I won't go off. I just wanted to go off. I rant. I won't. You understand me? It's really not. It's really simple. 
everything's trying to get Jesus out of your life. Whether you, whether you fell in love with him 10 years ago or two or a year ago, everything is trying to push him out to get space so that you focus on that thing. All right, I already said I wasn't mad, right? Okay. Another key truth to victory. Ready? Struggle is a sign of life. <laughs> I know that's kind of weird, but it's the truth. Struggle is a sign that you're still here. And you haven't been defeated. And you've not been conquered. Struggle is a sign of life. Is this even working? I feel like I'm yelling over my microphone. It's working. I don't need a microphone probably. And here's number five. Good, good, good key. You got to remember this, right? That warfare always surrounds advancement. What does that mean? How many want to go forward in their life? How many want to go backwards? We'll pray for you right now, quick. We all want to go forward. We all want to advance. We all want to go ahead in God. Right? We want to go forward in God. We want to believe for God to change things and move things in our lives. So we want to advance. It's all about advancing, right? The kingdom of God advancing. And you're it. And so there's always warfare when we're trying to advance and believe for miracles, right? We want to believe for massive change. Sometimes, I guarantee, it's sometimes hard getting people just to come in the door. If I would talk to to, to uh to Sean, or if I was to talk to Henry, half the battle is getting someone in the door. You just got to get there. Things are going to change, right? So we've all been born in the midst of this, right? There's this battle going on in the heavenlies for longer, way longer than you've been alive. So we're dealing with things that are, that are like cosmic. Honestly, we're dealing with things in spiritual realms that we don't have any understanding and we're going in really, really ignorant. I'm serious. We're going in really, really ignorant thinking it's just gonna, you know, everyone's gonna lay down and I'm gonna walk through. No. I wish it was like that. So all the warfare is about the one thing, right? Number three that I told you. The one thing is Jesus in the center of your life, right? It's about the focus on moving forward into your prophetic potential, right? Because all those promises that you receive by prophecy are nothing more than a prophetic, it's almost the potential in your life. And I just declare that they become a reality. I prophesy to you tonight that they become a reality. That whatever you're believing for, that whatever's been spoken, that the prophecies that were that that Paul exhorted Timothy to, to warfare for to war for, that they'd come to pass. That they don't float in the cosmos waiting for someone else to grab them. Because someone will. I always told you I will. I'll try and grab them. If you don't, I'll grab them. I know, I'm greedy like that. <laughs> right? But this is what God wants to do for you. He wants to bring us into a place. And, and I love the fact that, you know, we want to pursue, we want to pursue our callings, but you got to pursue Jesus. I know, it seems basic. But you just got to focus on Christ. And what, how, do, how, he's the one, he's the transformer. He's the king that transforms us to look just like him. So why does, the dark, why does darkness oppose you anyway? 
Why? I have the blood of Jesus over my life. I, I just walk in the heavenlies and just, you know, everything's a shakalaka-bam. You know? But God's saying this, right? I said this before. Number one, you're a potential pleasure to God. I say a potential pleasure. He loves you regardless. But what does pleasure and God look like? Because if I think about it, it's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Who's going to advance the kingdom? There's going to be war. There's going to be things that contend. And it's, can I tell you, when I'm talking about this, it's worth contending for. It's so worth contending for. Right? But you're a potential source of the pleasure of God. Right? Because what? Satan once had that place. Right? The most high... He would go in and out of God. That's what the scriptures tell us, that he would go in and out of the presence of God. Except there was one thing. He got a little arrogant and a little rebellious, a lot rebellious. And arrogance gets us nowhere, right? Rebellion gets us nowhere. So when God's trying to do things in our lives and we, we get, come on, we get agitated it's probably Jesus. It's not the devil. Hear me? The Bible says it's for his pleasure. Ha, ha, ha. That we're created. It's for his pleasure that we're created. It is for God's pleasure that you've been created. Did you know that? Oh my God, you guys are like an oil painting tonight. What is happening? Did you know that? I just did the OMG right here. I can't help it. He loves you and you bring him pleasure. And he's looking for us to be that, come on, in his right hand, our pleasures forevermore. What's that? Psalm 16. I... That was number one. Number two. We're back to another list. Sorry. Listen, he's powerless to attack God, so he attacks you. Just real simple. Huh. You know, it's not like God, Satan. It just doesn't work that way. It's God, Satan. Squish. Because at the end, this is what's happening. You're done. Fire, angel, done. You're done. You're just an angel, a created being. So if he can't mess with the Lord, right? If he can't mess with God, who's he going to go after? His creation. Who's he going to go after? He's going to go after friends of God that are created in his likeness and his image. He looked just like the guy I really want to. It's the truth. I know, I'm on Facebook Live doing this. This is scary. But it's true, right? We look just like God. You look just like Jesus. You know that? You're created in his image and likeness. So who else would the enemy go after? Yeah, there's skirmishes, you know, angels, light, angels, demons, all that stuff, right? But he's going to try and mess with God's children who are trying to move and advance the kingdom. So why? Why? Because the glory of the Lord is, come on, the prophecy is this, that the glory of the Lord is going to cover the whole earth. And it won't happen until sons of glory and daughters of glory are created in the fullness and the likeness of what Jesus looks like. So that only comes by you looking and gazing at him in an even greater capacity than you do now. And when that happens, something is going to change and transform the world and transform the earth and transform people around you. You are going to be an agent of transformation and change. Amen. Amen. I asked you last week, right? Was it last week? What's changed? We're still on change. What's changing? Something's changing on the inside. And God's looking to get us out of ourselves and into him. 
Oof. The other thing he's trying to do is prevent supernatural resources that'll give God glory. And I kind of touched on that just before. But he is trying to stop that. You think he wants miracles popping in New England? You think he wants people crawling out of wheelchairs and drug addicts being instantly delivered? No, he doesn't. So he's going to mess with everyone in this room. You think he wants us free from our fears, from our sicknesses, from our diseases? No. He doesn't want us free. And I'm not giving him glory tonight. I'm telling you right now because God is going to take over the whole earth. Regardless of whether I'm in it or not. <laughs> this is the thing. Are we going to be in it? So what's his favorite tactics? I got another list. I started going through stuff. I started thinking, you know. What are the tactics? How's it, you, you get, I don't know. You better all wrote this down because you're going to get tested next week. It's online. It's online. <laughs> Cheat notes. What's the enemy's favorite tactics? Delay. He's going to wear you out. He's going to try and wear me out going to try and discourage me from going to where I'm supposed to be going. And I'm telling you right now, no more delay. I'll keep yelling it into the atmosphere. No more delay for our lives. No more delay for your life. No more sitting back and waiting for something to happen. No, no more delay. I refuse. Deceit. They're all D's. No more delay and deceit. Get rid of everything that's deceiving you. Get rid of every single thing that's putting you back because you're thinking the wrong way. I don't know what that is. You're going to have to ask the Holy Spirit about that. Because some of us, we were, right, in our families, we're deceived by things, right? By the, way we, by the way we operate, we do things, right? It's just not healthy. It's deception. Because God has something to say about how he wants things to just be, proceed in your life, right? So we don't want to be deceived in any way. Deceit, done. Distraction. Ah, oh, again. Where's your focus? What's distracting you? How am I distracted from God's plan and God's, come on, laser point where he's pointing me? How am I distracted? And a big one, the last one, disappointment. Because here's what happens, right? Disappointment. It magnifies the weakness of others. When we're disappointed because someone didn't, come on, someone didn't do what I thought they were going to do. And them church people, they're hypocrites. Come on. Disappointment, right? It magnifies our weak, weak, weakness of others to offend us and embitter us. Makes us bitter. Right? Because when I take an offense and I'm easily offended, I'm disappointed. Ultimately, I'm disappointed. Right? It's just something that shuts off in me. I can't receive from that person anymore because I'm disappointed. Right? And God wants us to, what, honor one another above ourselves. Huh. That's the total opposite of Jesus when we get disappointed, when we get embittered, right? Because bitterness grows that, that nice root. We get bitter. Starts going in all areas of our lives, defiles many. Anyway, okay. So no weapon formed against you will prosper, Right? And so the enemy's going to try his hardest when you're worn out. All these things are just going to be strategic tonight. I may not have an uplifting ending, but I hope I do, right? Worn out, physical exhaustion, right? Who wants to be exhausted and run? Because, like, we don't, we don't do things because we're tired. I'm tired. I won't go there. 
6 o'clock. It's time for me to go to bed. I'm not going to church. During transition and major change, right? When he hits you hardest, all of a sudden things are changing, right? I can tell you that's true. Because sometimes when God's trying to bring breakthrough in your life and you're moving into transition, come on, it's the, it's the liminal space. It's that tight space before you have breakthrough that's the hardest place. Because what from glory to glory, right? Remember what I said before? It's hell in the hallway. Right? We want to go to the next place that's glory and it's hell in the hallway. It's a tight place and only a couple people can fit. And you got to make sure that you're going to break through and break out. Birthing of a generation. We see it through the Bible, right? God's about to pro- release prophetic greatness on a generation. What happens? Genocide. Kill all the babies from that. Right? Moses, Jesus. And what do we have now? Because we're in the greatest age of breakthrough right now. And the enemy just gets mad and nasty. And what do you think kind of spirits are behind Roe v. Wade? I just said it on the internet. Right? I mean, what do you think? Okay. When does the enemy hit you the hardest? When a miracle's about to happen. When something's about to break through. When you're about to step into something absolutely supernatural. That's when the enemy comes and starts to try and thwart you from what God's about to do. And the last one, when someone's in line for promotion and upgrade. Here's what usually happens. That's when offense comes. That's when all of a sudden things start happening and we can't move forward. You you don't get the upgrade. You don't move into the promotion. And it shouldn't be, here's the deal. We shouldn't even be focused on that. But it is a reason why God's, why all of a sudden you got the enemy pounding you because God's about to break through things in your life. Yet you're, you're getting run over. And he's trying to break you down and push delay on you again, right? They're all kind of intermingled, right? So I'm saying all these things so that we're aware, right? So that maybe you'll hear the voice of God in some of it, right? The next time when you all of a sudden think, okay, something's about to, good about to happen, right? The Holy Spirit's about to break through in my life and I'm about to step into something absolutely sensational, but... For the most part, I'm pretty good about being up for a fight. You know what I mean? Like in the spirit. I'm okay. I've learned to plow. Right? But sometimes the enemy comes in and just discourages you and moves you away from your prophetic destiny. Moves you away from the people with your DNA. Moves you away from all the things that you think you were supposed to step into. And then all of a sudden you're asking the question, what am I doing now? And we sit back and we don't even know where we belong. When God said, I told you where you belong, go and do what I spoke to you to do. Right? So there's a cycle that'll turn it, it turn it into, instead of obedience, we're walking away from the call of God. We're walking away from the things that he spoke to us to do. We're walking away from the things he told us to address because it's hard. I got greatest weapons now. Here we go. The greatest weapons against the enemy coming at you. Ready? Number one. Set your eyes on Jesus. I know, that was profound. It's the best thing that we have to do. It's the most important thing that we have to do. Right? I kind of alluded to this earlier. Greatest weapon. You know and speak the word. You know and speak the word. Not you memorize verses and you speak them. You know the word. 
There's a difference in knowing the word and knowing the author of the word and speaking it and declaring it and it moves things. Are you hearing me? Because the word of God is powerful. My wife said it in the back room. It was, but why does he describe it sharper than a two-edged sword? That means when the living word is moving, it moves everything out of the way that it has to. It slices it, it chops it down, and makes it of no power. The living word in your life. Right? It's what Jesus said. Every word that proceeds. Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Your conversation, number two your, or three, your conversation should reflect that you're an overcomer. Right? Yes, amen. Your conversation, your words, your proclamation, the things you say should declare and reflect that you're an overcomer. They overcame by what? The blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Number four, you must take authority over the devil. You, 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 you must take authority. You must take authority. It's you. I can agree with you. People in this room can agree with you. But you must take authority. This is the problem. We don't take authority because we don't see it for what it is. Um, we don't see it for what it is, guys. And God wants us to see. He wants us to see. He wants us to see what's happening in the kingdom realm. He wants us to see it. And anyway, God wants us to honor the word. But he wants us to use the authority that's been given to us to bring breakthrough to people. To bring breakthroughs for yourself. Let's just not even worry about the person next to you. That we bring breakthrough through our words, through speaking, through declaring, but taking authority. Because we give authority where we shouldn't. We give power where we shouldn't. You hear me? Okay. Clothe yourself with the armor of God. I already talked about that. Ready? I'm going to use the F word. <laughs> it's fasting. Sorry. <laughs> Everyone's like, what's he going to say? Listen, we need to tap into the power of prayer and fasting. Can I say this? I hate it, but it's true. Fasting adds power to your prayer. Regardless of what your heart motive is to do it, honestly, I really feel like it's like a no-brainer. If you want breakthrough, fast and pray. Don't eat fast and pray. Fast and pray. <laughs> That's what I normally do. I eat fast, and then I pray. No. I know. I had to throw a little humor. Everyone gets real serious, you know? Okay. Draw wisdom from spiritual veterans through honor. Amen. Honor is the key to unlocking spiritual secrets. So whatever that looks like in your life, whether it's, you know, looking at, sometimes we go through videos, sometimes, you know, but people around you that have wisdom and spiritual knowledge, and we need to pull from them, and honor, ready, unlocks things. Brings breakthrough. It does. Sorry if you don't agree. It's true. And then learn to learn to rest. It's the last one. Ah, learn to rest. Because I said all these things not to just whip us up into like, <laughs> what am I gonna do? No, God's God's in it, right? God's in the midst. 
of anything that's happening in your life, right? And he wants us to, to, bring, to see breakthrough, right? So your testimony shortens the battle, yeah? What we did tonight, right? I don't know who picked the songs. Did you pick the songs? Yeah. She stopped asking me what I'm preaching on. So, see, I just wait for certain things to happen, and she's usually in sync with me, because she's my daughter probably, but... The reality is, God's speaking to us about praise, right? Your praise will make a difference. Not whining. Whining doesn't make the difference. Praise makes the difference. Complaining usually doesn't cut it, but praise and thanksgiving and blessing will bring breakthrough, will open a passage so that you enter into the presence of God with strength and confidence, right? We have this confidence through the blood of Jesus, but don't tell me when you're in a mess in your mind and you don't come in the room with a thanks, thankful heart and believe in God that, come on, it doesn't crowd you. It crowds us to get to where we need to be, right? So, and we want to agree, right? Your agreement with God and God's words over one another and praying together, right? It's going to bring, bring breakthrough, right? And the last one I had, which I, I did at the offering, was sowing seed. I believe it brings breakthrough. I believe it unlocks the devourer from coming into your house and doing things because... <laughs> Ready? I won't ask for a raise of hands. I'll just leave it down. <laughs> but most of the stuff that Americans deal with is how am I paying the bills? What's happening tomorrow? Financial mess, right? Well, whatever it might be, it's usually weighing on our minds. It's usually a distraction to hold us back from doing what we need to do for the kingdom, right? Am I, am I, am I on to something? Because usually this is the case, right? So if we, if we begin to sow, the Bible tells me clearly that it gets, it removes the devourer from my life. And I'll end on that. Let's stand. I know, it's a lot. A lot. I gave you a lot tonight. You did not leave with a happy meal. But here's what I do want to do. If anyone in the room has been struggling, really, I don't want to just say all this stuff and listen, if the enemy's been bombarding you and there's been tension in the spirit realm, right? Doesn't mean you have to be a mess. Come on. Although I already said it's okay if we become puddles. It's a good thing, right? I just want you to come and we pray tonight because I believe God wants to bring breakthrough for people. Like, I didn't say all these things so that we can walk away and say, all right, that was a lot of truth, and I'll have to choke that down later. No, I want you to, if, if, if really, the, if things have been going on in your spirit, things have been going on in your heart, come for prayer. Don't, don't leave without getting prayer. Don't be prideful. It's no good. <laughs> God wants to touch us so that we get touched by, and we, we, we move into freedom, Right? So I believe that. I believe that's what God wants for us, right? So let's just raise our hands to heaven. Father, I just thank you. Lord, we yield to your word tonight. Lord, I thank you. Lord, everything that I just spoke, Father, it was just a lot. But I think it was, it was necessary. So Holy Spirit, I just pray that it just goes into our spirits. Lord, I thank you that you're with us. I thank you that you're looking at everything we're about to step into and to do. But Lord, we ask that our eyes would be focused that our gaze would be completely focused on you. And we do, we take authority. I just take authority over the enemy, any work in this room that he's doing on overtime on anyone in this place, Father, right now. We just take authority. You just agree with it to now, right now. That you take authority. And we, we speak to anything that's working in around us that's not of you, Father. I thank you for the life of God in every person, every believer in this place. 
And Lord, I ask, Lord, I thank you for a, a church. I thank you for a community of overcomers tonight. I thank you that you called us to a place where, where, where there's massive breakthrough, that there's massive breakthrough in so many areas of our lives, in every area of our life. Lord, that there's massive breakthrough, that there's nothing that's held back. I thank you, Lord, that it's your good pleasure to give us the kingdom tonight. And so there's nothing that can keep us from the love of God in Christ Jesus tonight. There's not one thing. I thank you for your life, God. I thank you for what you've brought. Lord, I just look to you. Lord, we honor you, Lord. I thank you that every problem, every situation in this room melts like wax in your presence, God. I thank you for the fullness of God in everyone's life. I just prophesy that to you tonight. I just declare over your life that you will do exactly what you've been called to do, that you won't be distracted, that your eyes will be fixed on Jesus, that you'll have one gaze and one focus, and that the Holy Spirit will use you in the capacity that you allow him to. And Lord, I pray that you'd teach us to yield, Father, in a greater way. Lord, it's always about yielding. And so we want to yield in a greater way, Father. And Lord, I ask, Lord, that you just release the grace of God on this place. That, Father, we'd run. We'd run. We'd run to you. I thank you, God, that you destroy every enemy. <laughs> that not one is ever left when you're in the mix. Not one. Not one. You're a good, good God. You're a good Father. You're looking for us to just participate with you in what you're about to do. So even in these moments, God, I pray for every young man and every young woman, Father, that they just receive you right now in these moments. We just release the Spirit of God. Lord, we ask, Lord, that you release just a spirit of intercession. Lord, fasting, prayer, whatever it takes, Lord, to bring breakthrough in people's lives. Father, that we get our eyes fixed on you, the author and the finisher of our faith. I thank you that it's without faith tonight that we can please you. And I thank you that we bring good pleasure to your life right now. That the life of God is coming in a greater capacity. So Father, we honor you. We honor you. We honor you, God. We thank you. We don't step back. I just, I do. I declare that tonight too, God that you give us legs. There's no shrinking back. It's just moving forward. There's no doubting. It's just moving forward. There's no delay. It's just moving forward. There's no disappointment. I eradicate disappointment in this room by the Spirit of God. Disappointment must go in Jesus' name. If you're in agreement with that, just take it. Any place where you've been disappointed and it's brought your heart into a low place and without hope, we just declare it right now that it's released right now. Just give it to God. Just give it to God. Just give it to Him. That's all you have to do is give it to Him. It's real simple. Lord, we give it to you right now. We're moving forward. No longer backwards. In Jesus' name.